0: Hello and welcome back to The Loyal Sun Show. That's at The Loyal Suns on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all of the social medias. Follow us there. Follow us here for Pittsburgh's content you will not want to miss. If you love print journalism, and Noah, what do you hate?
1: The third week of uh, fall training camp. Do you want to expand that? upon that? Yeah, uh, so the third week of camp sucks because the first week's fun. Uh, Because it's the first week. Second week's fun because pads are on, scrimmages, lots to talk about. Fourth week, camp's over. It's exciting. The regular season's here. But the third week is the quote-unquote dog days, which was an actual quote used by Pat Narduzzi today, which made me happy. But everyone hates the third week of camp. And hate that. Yeah,
0: This is the place for you. The Loyal Sun Show. A safe, sunshiny place for your pit athletics fix, brought to you by Section 5. I am David, joined today by my co host, Squid and Dylan. And as you have already heard, the Pittsburgh Post Gazette's very own Noah Hiles, who is here today to co host with us as we bring you the drum roll, please. Pittsburgh Panthers 2023 season preview. We're here, boys. How we feeling? We, we, we getting all our, our jimmies in a knot? I don't know what that means, but I'm excited. You don't want those in a knot. No, you do not.
1: Yeah.
0: Noah, you look scared. How you feeling? Welcome to the program.
1: You know, I, I I was feeling great till I thought about someone's Jimmy's getting in a knot over a preseason podcast. But no, I'm, I'm doing great. Um camp's going well. Uh it's it's been fun, ready ready to cover another season of pit football and obviously super pumped to be on the show again with you guys. It's always a good time.
0: We love having you on. So um this is the season preview. We do not have much of an agenda. All I know is that we will talk and then After about an hour passes, we will all be um, on the same boat that Pitt is winning 10 games. What happens between now and then is up to God. Sound fair?
2: Yeah. Yeah, about two weeks ago, we got Chris peak up from like seven or eight wins up to 10, maybe 11, 12. So we'll get you hyped up.
1: I mean, I'm not far from 10. I, I I said from the beginning they'd be nine and three, so I could see ten. I could also see seven, um, which I know you guys don't like. So I could be sold on ten. I won't be as hard of a sell as as peak would be. So I'm I'm, I'm ready to be sold.
3: Ray Charles could see this te- team winning ten games. Come on now.
1: I mean, Ray Charles could see for a little bit. <laughs> I watched the movie. He could for like four years or something, and then something happened i forget i haven't watched the movie with jamie fox in a while
0: blinded by artistic inspiration
1: i think he like put his head in a basket or something filled with water but i don't know that's what i remember from the movie we don't need to keep that in the podcast if need be but i don't know i feel
0: like old-timey incidents are so like obscure it's like ah jimmy was jimmy fell in a well and all of a sudden he was mute
1: yeah, I have like a yeah, kicked great... in the head.
0: Bu- I a cow.
1: Yeah, and I now
2: he's see a back then. Yeah,
1: I have like a great great uncle who lost an arm because he like passed out drunk by train tracks and his arm just got run over by a train. Like that's like my grandfather's cousin or brother or something like that. Like I would hear that. Like if you're gonna go drinking, don't fall asleep by train tracks. I'm like that's a good, that's a good tip. Good I words can't argue it. Yeah. But like that's that's such a 1940s injury, like <laughs> limb severed. I have
0: like a lot of questions, like a lot of yeah. questions. But we are far too short into our season preview for this yeah. to get weird already, and we have already allotted an amount of time at the end for this to get weird. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about pit football yeah. until such a time. Um, you have more of an ear to the ground on pit athletics than us. Tell us all of the things from training camp that we should know uh going into the season.
1: All right, we'll start with the offense. They're they're going to throw the ball more. They they are. Uh we heard it in the spring. I was kind of skeptical. I'm like, you know, it's 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 easy to say you're more confident in your passing attack in spring football when it's not really real. Your roster's not even officially set yet. Um, And who knows what the team actually looks like. But from things you see in practice, things that, you know, you talk to people around the facility, stuff that's been told to me on the record, off the record, they're going to throw the ball more and they're a lot more confident in throwing the football. Now, this isn't going to be like 2021 where it's like 67% pass and 33% run. And I don't know if that's an exact accurate figure so panther layer form go easy on me if I'm wrong there um but like overall like I I think it's going to be a much more balanced offense and when they throw the ball there will be some checkdowns but they're going to throw the ball deep a lot and and that's what's exciting and it's it's I think we knew going into this season a lot of it's going to come down to to Phil and what he can do where last year it didn't really matter who they had at quarterback. They, they won games with three different starters last season at quarterback. So this year, it does matter a little bit more. While I do think there are uh, talented guys, they, the collective talent, they don't have as much proven superstar guys as they did last year. So it's going to need to come down to fill a little bit more, but I, I I've, I've liked what I've seen from him. I've liked what I've heard about him from pretty, you know, reliable sources and, fair parties, I should say. Um, So that's been the big takeaway. There's been a lot of buzz about these freshman receivers. Um, A guy that I think will have a really good year, and I'm sure we'll talk about him more, is Kenny Johnson. I wouldn't be shocked to see him having a pretty big role uh, this season. There's still a couple of other guys who I'm really excited to see how they pan out. Players like maybe like a Zion Fowler L or a Malcolm Epps at tight end. You know, it's just some guys that I put in like that wild card cat Derek Davis Jr. Just a whole bunch of like newcomers where it's like, I wouldn't be shocked if this dude was a non-factor. I also wouldn't be shocked if this dude came in and end up being like a really high quality player. So there, there's a couple of those guys. The offense still has some mysteries, but it also has some guys who, like I said, with Phil... Um, are looking really good right now. I have pretty big expectations for Gavin Bartholomew. Um, I think they it helps to have a quarterback who actually knows how to run the offense this year. And this is an offense built to feed the tight end. I mean, look at what happened. Signetti's first time here, they had great tight end production with Doran Dickerson and Nate Bynum. I, I don't think it's out of the question for this tight end room to put together. You know, between Epps gavin and and carter johnson 700 combined receiving yards uh which would i think be a really big thing you know and and it's going to come in different ways but i don't know it's there there i have high expectations for gavin bub means is another guy a lot of people have been high on this camp that's the offensive side of the ball defensive side of the ball corners are really good we knew that that's that's to be expected linebackers look solid McIntyre looks to be the, the safety out of that group of four who's kind of set himself apart. Um, Randy told us today that. Oh, you're all, on a first
2: name basis with Randy Bates.
1: Oh, sorry. Randy Bates told us today that still all four being Javon McIntyre, Donovan McMillan, PJ O'Brien, and Stephon Hall all four of them, they're still all training to be both the boundary and the field safeties. Um, But if I had to predict who the two starters are, I think PJ O'Brien will end up being the field safety and uh, the strong safety boundary, whatever you want to call it um, will be McIntyre just because I think he's a little bit more familiar there. That's where he played last year when Brandon Hill uh, opted out of the bowl game and would get banged up. So that's how that battle's looking. Defensive line still seems like there's like a million guys in the mix for those positions. Um, a lot of local flavor there between you know familiar guys like Devin Danielson and David Green. Some younger guys like Nakai Johnson and Sean Fitzsimmons we could see in the mix there too. Um, Nate Temple and uh, DeAndre Jules are two older guys who we haven't seen a ton of on the field, but we might see them a lot this year, which could be kind of interesting. Deion Hayes too. Uh, kind of forgot about him. I think he'll have a big year, but I mean, I just named like what, like seven, eight guys. That's going to be just a deep, I don't know if there's going to be a superstar. There's, I don't think there's going to be a Kansi type player on the line this year, but it's going to be a very productive committee at pretty much each of those four spots up front. And, um, I don't know, by the end of the year, we might see a superstar, but it's, that's probably the only position where like if you ask about other groups They can give you definitive names of guys who are standing out, but that one, they're still just being like, there's so many good people. We don't even know who to single out. So, um, I think that covers it all. The punting battle looks to be Junko's spot right now. Ben Saul's is the kicker. Byron's going to be the snapper. Um, kick return could be actually interesting. Uh, I wrote about this in our specialist preview at post-gazette.com. Check it out. Uh, and I don't know if this has actually like been talked about. I don't know if this is like a scoop or not, but um, they're not going to just have running backs returning kicks this year, apparently. Uh, Andre Powell Good. told me that they're going to, quote-unquote, switch it up and get creative and surprise us. So I said, well, what does that mean? He goes, well, if you look at it, when we've had productive kick returners in the past, it's always been someone who's fast. So I just kind of skimmed through the roster. I'm like, who are the fast guys? I came up with AJ Woods. I came up with uh, Che. Um, don't want to butcher his last name. The redshirt freshman. He's a member of the track team. Um, and I individually like talked about those guys, and they were they both confirmed that like yes, they have been practicing returning kicks. I know AJ returned a couple. I think like five his freshman year. Um, but I mean, that, those are just two things that I think. It's interesting to me, especially a guy like Che, who I don't know how much he'll actually be playing as receiver, but to get like fresh legs on a guy where, as opposed to last year, Izzy would be returning a kick in the fourth quarter after having 25 touches already. I think it's so much more productive to put the ball in the hands of someone who this is your primary responsibility. You're going to get to touch the ball four times a game, make the most of it. And um, I think that that's. An interesting thing to keep an eye on. So, I don't know. I think I covered a lot there. I feel bad that I'm talking ad nauseum on (laughs) YouTube. Actually, we went,
3: shit, we weren't recording. You got to start from the top. That's all right. (laughs) No, that's a great breakdown, great uh, 10,000 foot view there. So, we break it down a little bit here. Mm -hmm. I want to go back to the offense. And I have to ask you we are seeing all this hype coming out about the freshman receivers how good they all look, how a couple of them are going to play. Is this, these guys actually look good and can be contributors as true freshmen? Or is this like, we only have two guys that we know are going to play receiver and we need to make ourselves feel good about that passing game.
1: I honestly, Dylan, I asked myself the same thing. Like the whole first week at camp, I was like, how good could these guys be? Um, I have been impressed. Uh, You know, I don't expect all four of these true freshmen to play. I think by the end of the season, one of them will probably have at least one start under their belt simply because how many position groups stay completely healthy throughout a 12-game season. So um, and if that's the case, then there aren't many guys, I And mean, unless they start Che, who's a redshirt freshman, or I don't even know who else they would go to. Maybe McConaughey, but he's still not even – A scholarship player right now, so I I don't know what else they would go. To me, it sounds like based off of performances in camp, Kenny Johnson is a guy that they're they're really high on. Um, him a better number. I like that he's thirty five. Shout out to Dan Kreider. I'm with Uh, you. Yeah, and and like, and we were talking before the show. I think that that as a sports writer, like I find that endearing because that shows that maybe. They didn't have this anticipation that hey this kid's gonna come in and be an instant impact guy. Whereas like you look at other guys that are freshman receivers, they have number 23. We we've seen a pit receiver do pretty well in that number before. Uh they have a guy wearing number 83, you know, that's a receiver number, that's Seymour's number. Uh 27's like not necessarily a receiver number, but like a playmaker number. Better than 30,
0: 35.
1: 35's interesting, man, but like this kid kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, he picked Pitt over Penn state. He's from Dallas town, Pennsylvania. He showed out in the big 33 game and he showed up after a couple of guys, his own age were on campus, but everything that I've heard both on and off the record is like this dude's a stud and he's not, you look at him and you don't, you don't see a physical freak, but you, you, when you, when you looked at Jordan Addison, when he was that age, you didn't see that either. You didn't see that with Jared Wayne, when he was young or other, you know, successful receivers. It's, it's, I think it's his, his fundamentals, his ball skills and his speed. um, Those things will allow him to be a difference maker, I think. So, yeah, I think the Kenny Johnson hype is real. Uh, Zion Fowler L. And this is also from my observations. I mean, these guys run crisp routes and, those two specifically, because they've been healthy all camp, Bub Means is attached to both of them like Velcro. It is really impressive where he's breaking down every single route that they run in practice. Like today, we're watching, he's saying, you know, you took four steps there, you only need to take three. And just small details like that from a guy who's been around the block, you know, played for three college programs, and he's he's experienced the highs and lows that one can have a collegiate career for, for them to kind of have the respect that would even garner that type of mentorship, I think says something. And um, you know, they're getting coached up by their teammates, by their position coach, by their offensive coordinator and their names quite literally come up every day from whatever coach or player that we have the privilege to talk to at camp. So I think that, yeah, that there, there was originally maybe some, some, Hey, this is all we have to work with. So we're going to talk about them a lot and, and create our own narrative. But I mean, they've, they've made some moves that show they're pretty confident in this. I mean, they moved to Javante Royal uh, to receiver this spring to add receiver depth. They just move them back to corner. They announced that this afternoon. So that shows they're pretty confident with their receiver depth that they're taking players out of that position group and moving them elsewhere.
0: Yeah, uh, feel bad for that kid, but that's beside the point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, would you go as far to say that you think one of those freshmen could sneak into the uh, wide receiver three spot by the end of the season? And if so, do you think it's Kenny Johnson?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that we'll we'll mess around while we're sitting watching practice, me, Jerry DePaula, Chris Peak, like other beat reporters, and we'll just do like over-unders. And today when I was sitting around, I was I was saying over under two and a half starts for Kenny Johnson this year. And I think everyone around there said over. So that's that's where we're at with him. And and again, that might not necessarily be a hundred percent because of skill. That could be because of injury or whatever else. Um, and maybe he doesn't start, but he's like he just becomes like an actual fourth receiver something that Pitt really didn't have last year. And that's not a start, but like, he's going to have a role on this team. So
0: right.
1: yeah, I, I would, I would expect to see number 35 unless they change his number.
2: I don't know. With Narduzzi, maybe Kenny Johnson's the big game against uh, Cincinnati and the next week. He changes his number going to Morgantown to try to throw uh Neil Brown off his scent, like the valik Carter. Back in the day, didn't he do that? He
3: changed his number. Yeah, yeah, league? yeah. They, they just gave Lee Carter a new number in hopes that the other team wouldn't notice.
1: I mean, Love that. Re- real talk like, part of me is, I mean, never underestimate Narduzzi's gamesmanship. Like, the one guy they seem to not talk about recently is uh, Lamar Seymour. Part of me is like, what if Lamar Seymour is actually the best out of this group and they're just talking about Kenny Johnson and all these guys, but it's really him? And, like, we go out there week one against Wofford and we see Lamar Seymour catch for, like, 200 yards or something. And, like, he's just playing possum this whole time. Like, you you never really know, but um, I certainly don't recall any freshman having nearly this amount of hype last year. A
2: quick so, quick tangent on the Narduzzi gamesmanship. Yeah. Uh, you said it was the dog days of camp week three. Was the highlight of camp so far watching Narduzzi take the giant like foam pad and just try to jam the ball out. That's out of like actually going the gauntlet.
1: The second best moment. Um, I, I appreciate you guys liking that tweet. I, I put some effort into putting the music and editing into that, but um, Didn't the go best unnoticed. moment. The be, the best moment actually came a couple days prior to that. Uh, they had to move the sled out of the way, like the blocking sled out of the way for something, and like the graduate assistants couldn't move it. So Pat literally stopped what he was doing, ran 30 yards over and just started hauling ass and was moving this sled and I'm just sitting there like laughing. Like I mean what cuz like this dude just like wanted an opportunity like I was, was... going to say
3: you know he saw that and was like, <laughs> and, "Oh, let's go."
1: Yeah, and like all the reporters are standing right there and we're just like, "Look at this dude." And then he like took his little camp hat off and like Drove it and then uh, we're like, Pat still got it. He goes, no, there's no job too small, gentlemen. And he like grabbed his hat, (laughs) put it on and went over to like yell at some linebackers or something like that was the best moment from him so far. This camp, um, second best was definitely though. Yeah. Just seeing him try to force a fumble. I I mean, honestly, and he talked about this and Randy did too yesterday. They were really pissed about how a couple of turnovers, probably kept them out of the ACC championship game last year. Like, if you break it down, if they don't fumble the ball against Georgia Tech, if they protect the football against Louisville, they're 10-2. and And those North Carolina and Tennessee games, maybe they go a little different, who knows. But still, 10-2 and probably gets them somewhere better than the Sun Bowl at the very least. So I think there's been an extra emphasis on ball security. And Pat took it upon himself uh, earlier this week in camp with, with the dummy... Stick. Um, he mentioned today he gave us his own stats. He said nine force fumbles and a really bad blister. Uh were his stats. He also tackled, I think, Jake Renda. <laughs> like, he just like, oh, just like completely six, six, knocked him over. Tight end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He like, if you watch the video, like he just completely knocked him over with that stick. I don't know how. Um, yeah, he was he was really swinging it. So and he was talking some crap. Uh afterward like he would knock a fumble out and like he would stop the drill just to run up to the players and let him know like i knocked the football out and then like at one point in time a ball came flying by and hit him in the head he didn't even flinch like the man was in the zone and uh you know that's yeah. that's week three of camp baby it's the dog days
0: so you mentioned jake renda uh one of the things that piqued me on your your rant from earlier uh <laughs> the you said you could see 700 combined yards mm-hmm. out of the tight end group. Now last year, I think most Pitt fans were really upset with the lack of usage yeah. um, on Gavin Bartholomew, who we all thought was a stud and in the Tennessee game absolutely showed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have Phil Jurkovic, who made Hunter long, a star made him like a second or third round pick. So I, I'd be interested to hear you elaborate on how you think Gavin and to a much lesser extent, the other guys will be used this year compared to last year.
1: I mean, Gavin, let's be real. Like as much as I talk about Kenny Johnson and everything, I mean, this receiver room, there's a lot of physical potential, but it's, it's all pretty unproven, right? I mean, Bob had a good year at Louisiana tech, but would anyone say that Bob means had an amazing year at last year? No, Bob means wouldn't even say that. And this whole, new image that he has. I mean, he changed his number and his hairstyle and all of that. And he said, that's a way to kind of erase last season. So there with him being unproven and Kanate Mumfield still having a lot to prove and every guy behind those two, I think they have like 14 career catches behind Mumfield and means in that, in that receiver room right now. So with that being unproven, I mean, Gavin makes the most sense to be, a legitimate option here. And if they're not going to throw the ball downfield, it seems like there's going to be a lot of go routes with these receivers. That's going to work a couple times, and then they're going to start playing them deep. And that's just going to open things up for Gavin Bartholomew. And
2: everybody who's deep.
1: Yes, you could do that. Uh, I don't know. I I look at Gavin and just what I've seen from him, this camp, what I see from him skill set wise, it reminds me a lot of Doran Dickerson, and I think he could have kind of a similar year to what Doran ended his career at Pitt with. I don't know if their athleticism is exactly the same, but I think similar skill set, so yeah, and and I'm sure you know Frank's never said this out loud, but I'm sure that that's kind of the idea is you have a tight end like Carter Johnson, who can be your Nate Bynum and be more of the blocker, the physical guy, and still can make catches and be productive. And then you have your playmaker tight end who, I mean, how many playmaker tight ends are there in college football? I mean, Georgia certainly has one. Syracuse has one, but it's it's more of a spread out game where it benefits you more if you're a shifty receiver. But Pitt can be kind of an anomaly there with Gavin. And I also think that, a guy, not a lot of people are talking about with Epps. He's a guy, I don't know if he's going to have more than 20 catches this year. I think 15 actually might be more of his range, but he's someone I wouldn't be shocked if five of those 15 catches are touchdowns. And just looking at his physical build, when's the last time Pitts had a six foot six pass catcher that's Two built like go. him? I mean, Lucas Kroll, yes, but. <laughs> If you look at how those two look in pads, they're completely different players. Where Lucas Kroll looks like a traditional bulky tight end, this dude's built like Jimmy Graham. And I think there's going to be certain times, and I haven't seen this, but it certainly would make sense, where I can't remember a time in the last decade or so where Pitts had a guy where it's like a jump ball type player, where they just put him out, they say, okay, they're running man coverage. You're going to go out that way because their corner on that end of the field is five foot nine. You're six foot six. You have the best catch radius on the team. We're going to throw a ball up and we want you to go get it. And that might just be a very niche role that he has, but I wouldn't be shocked if Epps is used that way. So they have three tight ends that can be used three different ways. And all together, like I said, 700 yards of production and maybe like 10 touchdowns combined. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if that's what we got from the tight end room this year.
2: So about 20 minutes ago, I was worried about the playmakers on offense, and now I'm worried about how Frank Cignetti is going to feed all these mouths on the football team. I don't
3: know about so... All that.
2: <laughs> so yeah. we're off to a good start.
1: Yeah, well, that, I mean... uh,
3: that 15 catches for five touchdowns would be a little bit off his pace. Uh, last year, at UC- USC had three catches. Two of those went for touchdowns.
1: Right. And and like that's the thing. Like I don't think he's a blocker. That's kind of been his track record, which. And, and his size on paper is very deceiving. Like you see what what is he listed? 66250? 255? 244, six, six, 244. 244. Yeah, something like that. Um you see that and you you think of like someone who's like a Lucas Kroll, right? But like when you look at him, he does not he, he's very slim. He has long limbs, and it's 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 a different type of player that like like I said, you really haven't seen Pitt have that guy where it's like there is a clear size advantage. There's a clear catch radius advantage where this guy can go up to places that defensive backs cannot reach and grab a football and red zone receiving was a huge problem for this team last year. Part of it, I think was not throwing it to the right people. Um, But you're, you're going to see a lot of different stuff in that compartment too. You're going to see the running backs, I think catching a lot more passes and then tight ends, a lot more involved in tight ends, not just tight end.
0: That's a uh, pretty cool to hear. Cause I know a lot of us were uh, banging the drum for Gavin Bartholomew. Um, so we, we talked about the offense a lot uh, and we definitely want to talk more about the defense, but we'd be remiss if uh, we didn't take the time we brought a little gift for you. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah we we have a gift for you Noah. Uh, we we went ahead and we pre-wrote a couple headlines okay just for you um, so so we wrote these headlines to make your life a little bit easier going into the season uh, but before we we give you the gift just to create a little bit of a you know you know tension anticipation can I do can I do a quick li- live ad read?
1: yeah and it's your show so yes.
0: I was asking more Dylan and Squid, but I, I appreciate Go. your consent as I thought, well. I
1: thought you were talking to me. I thought you were talking to me. <laughs> no,
0: I'm, I was just fucking with you. Uh, <laughs> we, we sold out, so we need to do this, you know, every couple of minutes. Um, Good. We announced on Twitter, Homefield. We are now partnering with Homefield uh, for the rest of eternity. Um, after we help them with the pit launch. Uh, if you use promo code Loyal Sons, you can get 15% off your next order on home Field Apparel, which makes my absolute favorite vintage-inspired uh, college sports apparel. Um, it works once per email that you plug in at the point of order. So make a bunch of burners if you want to save money. I used the code to get myself a mystery bag, and I'm going to very loudly unbox it right here and see what we got. Any guesses? What school?
2: Pitt. Mount Union. Ohio, probably.
0: You're all wrong, idiots. I got this ah. sweet-ass Colorado School of the Mines t-shirt. What is that? It's an engineering school in Golden, Colorado in the shadow of the Coors facility. And that is one sick-ass donkey. So this is the kind of stuff that you can get 15% off using promo code Sons. I love this so much. I'm gonna wear it to a wedding this weekend. Anyway, on to Wofford. On to Wofford. Uh, oh so no, yeah, no, we're
2: doing our headlines. We're okay. doing our
0: <laughs> we're doing our headlines. Wofford is next week. Um, but yeah, uh, Squitter Dylan, would you like to kick us off with these headlines that we have pre-written for Noah?
3: Yeah, no, and feel free to do some workshopping here. Uh, we can also elaborate a little bit once we give them what maybe what would have transpired to make you have to write this headline. Um And I, I think the first one to kick it off is one that more than one of us may have. Um, But this, this one, this is one I'm hoping we don't have to see, but well, we're it, starting we're, with this one. We're just keeping it in the back pocket just in case Um time for a change, bring in the hab. And if you don't know, we in your, an endearing uh, nickname we've given to Christian Veyer is the Hab, yeah. given his uh, French Canadian. La hmm.
0: Yeah,
1: I, I don't think we would. I don't think calling someone a Hab uh, would be with our editorial standards. But I mean, I I, 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 don't know what would have to happen for that one because it would, ha- if if, the, if it reaches that point. The season's in trouble. I, I don't the pumps think. Are that, fire. Yeah, I mean, I think they they're going to play Djokovic until it reaches a point where it's like they're not going to a bowl. You might as well prepare for next year. Really? Yeah, I mean, this is this is Phil's team. No, no, no ifs ands or buts about it. And, and well, Phil's I think, Frank's
3: guy, right? I mean, Fra- Frank yeah, loves Phil. I mean, that
1: yeah, that th- those two. Those two are very close. There's a lot of trust, and it's it's bigger than just Signetti too. I mean, this whole team is all in on this guy. I think part of it is that a lot of the key players are Western Pennsylvania guys, Um, and so having a Whippel, a former Whippel star who lit it up in this area, won a state championship at Pine Richland, um, that that brings some clout when you come in here and your center, your guard. You know, some of your guys on defense can say, no, this dude was a bad man when he played in high school. Like, this is a guy that we're getting. And when you're coming off a year where your quarterback clearly was uncomfortable in your offense, and then you know that, hey, there are certainly more talented quarterbacks in the country than this guy, but no one knows how to run Frank Signetti's offense better than Phil Jakovic in the country. I think that that gets him a lot of respect from the top down. So. Yeah, if, if if they're sitting uh Phil for Christian, who is talented, but I, I if they're if they're making that move, then things have gone very bad. Yeah. Just because it's they don't want another transfer coming in here and learning this offense in year one and playing. They they've seen what happens when you try to do that.
2: There's a lot of O Canada potential if Vieira takes over,
3: but It'd be a combination with, with maybe like Steeler fans are calling for Matt Canada to go.
1: I would go yeah. something like Pitt's playbook heading up north. Colon Veer takes over starting job under center. Canadian native Veer takes over under center. Something like that.
0: Uh, I like it. I like it. We can we can workshop yeah. it a little this bit feels more.
2: Weird because we are. The leaders of the Phil Dracovic hype train. Just reiterate true. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know why this would the be the
1: one you guys started on. This we're getting very, this out
2: uh, of the
3: way. We're
2: getting yeah, this yeah, one yeah. out of the way.
3: Just hypothetically,
2: yeah. it's like some some on your
1: girlfriend right date. when you start dating, and that way you know she just doesn't always have a backup plan. Yeah, always have a backup. Yeah, plan. as
0: is as is tradition. Um, <laughs> no, it, it's just interesting. We had a similar conversation with your peer Chris Peak, and uh, our question kind of surrounded like, did Narduzzi learn his lesson with? Uh, Keaton Slovis, who I think he was too slow to pull in favor of Nick Patty, and and Chris seemed to indicate that you know I think if Djokovic struggles, he will have no reservations bringing in Veer. Do you not think that's the case?
1: Um, I don't know. I'm mixed. I mean, Narduzzi has benched quarterbacks midseason, like yeah, like yeah, last there's
3: year. We from yeah hands that that doesn't that that happen. doesn't happen. It, and it does. It's like,
1: it does. Like. He he played three different guys. Kenny's freshman year before. And you know what? Yeah.
3: Actually, I'm putting my foot down. We're done talking about benching Phil. Uh, I'm sorry we started us off. Okay. On this, yeah, yeah. Next.
0: All right. Okay. I got. I got one. I got one. Um, Pitts Hammond wins third ACC running back of the week award.
1: I don't think that's out of the question. I mean, I think it's just
0: a thing that's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, there, there's.
3: Mine was actually Rodney Hammond named a Doak Walker finalist. So, The only That's thing is,
2: all the biased uh, Southern journalists will vote for Will Shipley every week, so I think three might be hard to come by, but they'll give him one or two. Well, they got all, a be be undeniable.
1: See, here's the thing is, Pitt's schedule is, like, the first three weeks, Rodney could win those three weeks in a row. Just the way their schedule is lined up, I, I, I think he's going to... Have a really heavy dose of carries in those th- in those things. So, I mean, running back did Izzy get that three weeks in a row? I feel like that didn't happen three weeks I, in a row. I
0: did not say in a row. I'm predicting. Oh, three, you said three third. total.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's doable. I mean, there's some bad defenses on pit schedule this year. So, I I, I, I don't have think aimed that's, higher.
0: I should have aimed yeah, higher. I mean, that's my I bad. Think,
1: no, but I mean, that's also a testament to this is this offensive line is going to be really good, and they're going to run the football well again. And I think while we didn't have the benefit to see this last year with Izzy, I think that the run game can be even better when you actually have to have a threat to throw the ball. When defenses say, you know, hmm, they could beat us through the air too, which wasn't really a thing last year for the most part. So, I mean, imagine how effective Izzy would have been if that was the case. So and I don't honestly, know. Honestly,
3: like vice versa, we've seen Rodney Hammond, like games were Rodney Hammond's the feature back. It's just three yards in a cloud of dust. Yeah. And eventually the coordinators are going to get sick of that and just be like, all right, we have to load the box and try to keep this guy from getting another first down. Yeah. And uh, all this talk we've heard about deep balls, I think, I think they could complement each other quite nicely.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like his build is similar to like Dion Lewis. Is it not? That's like very, uh, good
2: uh, good yeah. running. same running style. Wow. At the very least. And yeah.
1: I think he did pretty well under Signetti. Did he not? So I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. There, there might be some similarities there.
2: All right. I got one for you. I have a, a subject, the first line and a picture. So headline, the backyard bullies after Pitt clobbers, West Virginia, Uh line right below it, blowout loss forces, Neil Brown and family to move schools. Cause he got bullied. Get it. Oh, okay. I, had to skip I was
1: thinking backyard bullies. Uh, Phil reverted back to his pine Richland days and got a pit flag and stuck it right in the middle of the 50 yard line. in, in Morgantown. Like you could reuse after it after beating North Allegheny, his senior year at pine Richland. I thought that would be the, the photo to go along with the backyard bullies. Well, this
2: one is actually Deon Hayes and Bengali Kamara. Like, Double team pile driving, whichever sorry quarterback West Virginia trots out there for the backyard brawl. So it's is quarterback getting slammed. I think Neil it's Brown was is...
0: Garrett Green or whatever that is.
2: Yeah, I don't know. They like the other guy too, but they both stink. But yeah, Suck. Neil Brown will get axed right after that. And
1: I don't know. I don't know if they're going right to fire right him now. right after week three. look get ugly. Probably... I mean, maybe. I don't know. Like, I. I'll I mean, say if this, if
3: they lose the like, Duquesne, he has to be on the hot seat, right? If our Dukes yeah, go down there,
1: hey, you, you make a you make a great point. If he loses to Duquesne, I'll put it on record. If if he loses to Penn State Duquesne and Pitt, he might not have a job. So I don't the Pennsylvania know
2: parlay. Yes, a for really, dupes. for real. They pulled him up, Dukes. That's
1: what it is. <laughs> but that's I don't see that happening. Um, I will say that. I feel like West Virginia had a distinct advantage in last year's backyard brawl that it was in week 1 where when you're when you're the less talented team in a matchup coming in to a rivalry game in an atmosphere like that in week 1 where both teams are rusty that benefits you. You want the sloppier game if you're the underdog. But in a situation like this where Pitt's already going to have two games under its belt including one matchup against a Big 12 team I, I don't know. I I, I don't think it's going to go well for West Virginia personally. I'm on your but, team, Squid. Throw, throw the record books out the window, those two teams. They don't like each other. Anything can happen in the backyard brawl.
0: Squid, I'm on your team. I think they're going to fire him in the ceremonial Morgantown fashion where they strap him to a couch soaked in kerosene. Oh, my God. And give him the Joan of Arc treatment. Anyway, Dylan, you have one <laughs> –
3: yeah, so this is one I was workshopping. Um, Narbruzzi, pit coach, suspended one game for fight with blank, and we have to figure out who that fight was with.
1: Oof. Um, Jerry DePaula.
3: was <laughs> no. I, I was going to say like Jeff Collins isn't on the schedule, so Jerry, yeah, no. Jerry asked about one too many no. injuries.
1: James Franklin, will say there's a layover. Uh, And both of them, it's like the Jets and the Sharks uh, from West Side Story. (laughs) And it's at the private jet airport, which apparently um, there was something like this that kind of happened before ACC Media Day. Uh, Franklin wasn't there, but Penn State's players were showing up for their private flight and Pitt's players showed up for their private flight with Narduzzi. And all that was missing was James Franklin and there would have been some awkward handshaking going on, um, which I would have loved to see. Uh, but yeah, that would be it. That, it. It would be, they would have a similar encounter and um, Deion Hayes and, and PJ O'Brien and Marquez Williams would get in Pat's ear and be like, go, go beat his ass, Pat. And that's all he would need. <laughs> it would be fate on site and it would be a mass suspension both teams would be playing their scout teams the following week, all hell would break loose. Um, but yeah, that, that would be how that suspension would take place.
3: I'll take it, I think it would be worth it. Seeing our dizzy put the paws on Franklin, it would be worth
1: would it. Would we but. see it though? Would we see it? I would love. You know what would be worth it is the quotes from the following press conference. It's like <laughs> yeah. Franklin's like in a neck brace and like Pat just has like a little bit of a scratch. He'd come out to like many men as he's walking to the podium.
2: <sighs> yeah. We've been saying we'll play Penn State anywhere. They're right. cruising, dodging me. Yeah. Said Something. This
3: was like I told our guys to go put the helmets on. We'll play in the parking lot. They didn't yeah. want to do it.
1: We played them on the tarmac, you know. <laughs> Squid, your next one?
0: I have a good one for the end, if you want to go. Oh, okay. Um, He's got what we're looking for. Colon, scouts raving about Pitt's day on Hayes. What kind of stat line do you think we'd have to see for him to shoot up the draft charts?
1: Probably like nine sacks. Um, And I think that's doable. I mean, the guy got a third of that in one game last year. Uh, Now... How many people were actually trying on that team in that game?
0: That's <laughs> not for debate, but like literally zero. Yeah, that was the least effort. A I've lower ever seen. Of
1: number than his sack total. Uh, probably on Miami's
0: <laughs> side. I want to stress. Yes, the yes, Pit yes. Boys came Correct. out firing.
1: Oh yeah, they were trying very hard, and the scoreboard reflected that. Um, <laughs> but it's, um, no, I mean, yeah, he's got the physical tools. I, I'm, I'm. I've kind of always maintained the same stance on Dayon Hayes. The physical tools are there. Um, the attitude's there. It's just, I want to see it on Saturday. And I think he would agree that that's a fair take to have. He's been waiting a long time for this opportunity. How many guys do you know with his talent that would sit behind so many talented players ahead of them and watch them go to the NFL? Then the next guy in front of them goes to the NFL or go somewhere else in the transfer portal. And it's finally his turn and he doesn't have many years to kind of do a do-over. I think he might have, he still has a COVID year, right? Um, And so technically he could come back for another year, but I mean, let's be real. This guy's been waiting so long for it to be his spot as the premier pass rusher. He doesn't want to have to come back and do it again. This is his opportunity to really become the big time playmaker that this defense needs. And up front, someone's going to have a big year on that defensive line. That's just how it works. Is it going to be him? Is it going to be Nate Temple? Is it going to be Nakai Johnson? Is it going to be DeAndre Jules, David Green, Devin Danielson, Sean Fitzsimmons? It could be any one of them. But I think Deion Hayes is the odds-on favorite. So, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if he had some big-time production. What does shooting up on the draft board mean from a guy who probably isn't on anyone's draft board right now just because he hasn't played a lot? What does that mean? I don't know if he'll ever be a first round pick, but I think he could go from being someone that not a lot of people knew about to somebody who, you know, if he performs well, he's got the size, and if he puts it on the tape, it could maybe be like a day two draft pick, which would be, you know, pretty pretty good thing for him. So yeah, yeah, I think it's the stats, but I also think it's it's what he does on film, even when he's not recording a sack or for a tackle for a loss. It's all those little things that you saw with Kalijah and and, and Twyman and, and Patrick Jones and all those guys before him.
0: I agree, and he's he's set some very clear goals this year, and he discussed them with us. Ten sacks, ten tackles for loss, and he wants to be in the NFL next
1: season. And I think all, th- all those are all attainable. He Absolutely. has the skills to do those things. It's just and the surrounding cast. Yes, it's just going out and doing it and staying healthy to do it. So.
2: Squid, take I it out for the finale. Is this the last? And one I have I have, have headlines for out?
1: you guys too.
2: Oh, okay. Well, I'll just rattle this one off. Yeah, Noah, you would never write this, but I think somebody out there would if the scenario plays out like my brain just thought of. The Headline is the Pitt wins the ACC. Dot dot dot. But who cares? Because in the weeks we up to the ACC championship game. Clemson, Florida State, and two others find their way out of the grant of rights and leave. And Pitt wins the last ever ACC championship as it stands.
1: I mean, I actually think that that's not a terrible headline if that were the exact situation. <laughs> I mean, that's probably more of a column headline. I'm not a columnist. Maybe Ron Cook or Paul Zeiss would have that as a headline. Um, But... Yeah, I again. I don't see that happening. Um, you don't. I don't think we've ever seen a team announce mid-season that they're leaving the conference. So I feel like that 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 time. The Florida has State's
3: gonna do it. Just just make them. They're em. gonna do it.
1: Yeah, I, I, you're yeah. all
3: jealous.
2: I and they're gonna about, do it.
1: I actually spoke with EJ Manuel today. I wanted to bring that up to him, but he was being really nice, so I didn't. <laughs> um, so well, I think this
2: would be a great movie. Like it's like midway through the first or second quarter Pitts playing in a tight game against Clemson or Florida state in the ACC championship game. And then someone's in Narduzzi's ear, like just got word that all these teams are leaving. We got left out. So at halftime, he gives a big like rising speech. Like they think they're better than us. We're the best team in this conference. And they're afraid like, Let's just oh, go out there I, and blow the doors off of them, and they do. And then Narduzzi's holding up the trophy, like, yeah, run away. This is ours.
1: I was taking a step further. I think then the SEC Pat,
2: calls when you go to the SEC.
1: Pat gets a message in the headset, two minutes left in the second quarter, saying that the move's is official and the game will not be finished. So he calls a timeout <laughs> in a tie 14-14 game in the ACC championship. And says, boys, this is the last two minutes in the history of ACC football. Yeah. And Nick Patty runs out of the tunnel
0: with his one year of
1: eligibility (laughs) remaining.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) And leads them down the field to defeat Florida State in the end of the first half, which is also the final half of ACC football because Florida State refuses to Mm -hmm. play the second half because it won't, you know. Stoop down to the lows of playing ACC football for a second more.
3: Nick Patty scores out of the wild pat like he I did have... two times down in Tallahassee.
1: Yes. And he oh. controversially breaks the collarbone of a defender as he crosses the pile on and it comes full circle. Yes.
2: I have a great plot twist too. So he to gets the call that Clemson, Florida State. We have Blue all the rights Hill, to this movie, and by the someone way. Someone else, they're getting world. in. And Narduzzi's like, you can't do that. That's unfair to our boys. And the SEC commissioner says, "All right, fine. If you guys win, you can have Florida State's spot. But if you lose, you can never coach football again." And Narduzzi says, "I'll take that." And they just went on a two-point conversion or and they Nick lose Patty pylon. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, never. <laughs> He um, would go in at fullback for the last play.
1: <laughs> Kurt Reynolds' desk. Yes, <Yeah>. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. He has just one bar <laughs> on his helmet. Just All right. Now. <laughs> All right. Can I give my headlines?
3: Please. We'd love it.
1: All right. I have uh, four based off of uh, the most likely to the least unlikely. The first one is the most likely. Um, it is uh, Pirate's Top Prospect in Shambles after Livy Dunn scene on date with Loyal sons co-host, <laughs> uh, Squid.
2: The uh, <laughs> so most likely was first, right? Yes,
1: most okay. likely was first. Just checking, just checking I already it. have that one in drafts. Uh, just getting read over by my editorial staff there, too. Uh,
0: this is going to be a crazy. graphic, by the way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> We're, Squid, you get to you get
0: to... Edit a picture of you oh. arm in arm with Livy Dunn for There's this. The couple name would be Squiddy.
1: It's, I think it's a little weird perfect. if I do it
2: myself. I'm just nope. going go to Bradenton and just coincidentally be there to throw uh, some like
1: the Squiz God to the is what they're calling him. Would be my lead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would do the Paul Skeines. <laughs> Did Squid from the Loyal Sons riz up Livy
1: Dune? <laughs> Comment below. How many championships do you think Squid will lead the Pirates to? I don't know. Um, Livy Dunn spotted in the Gold Lot. (laughs) If you're listening
0: to this, Livy Gold Lot Wofford, we got some icy lights for you.
1: Squid says sup. Uh, (laughs) Headline two: um, Kenny Johnson shines in first start, catches two touchdowns in pit victory over Virginia Tech. Um. I think that that's probably the realistic timetable where I, it, they'll probably give a month. If he is to beat someone out for the starting spot, um, they'll probably give a month before he really works his way in because he's still learning the playbook. But I wouldn't be shocked to see Kenny Johnson starting by October. So that's my second hottest headline. Third hottest headline. Um, MJ Devonshire, named finalist for the Paul Horning Award, which goes to the most versatile player in college football. Uh, He was on the award watch list for the preseason. I think someone who probably will end the year first team all ACC as a returner and a cornerback would be in the mix, especially if his team does well for that hardware. And my fourth one, uh, and this one would be a cool one to write. I'm not going to lie. Quote marks payback colon. Djokovic leads Pitt to road win over unbeaten Notre Dame. Now that we're be, talking. That would be the softest headline possible. So those were my four that I had in mind when we were talking future headlines. I didn't know we were going to lead this off with your guys's favorite quarterback getting benched. Didn't know that was the angle we were going with here. But we we got to where we needed. It's far in the view mirror
2: at this. Yeah, point. I know
1: that is I actually more
2: unlikely. Like full disclosure, that is more unlikely than the me and Livy Dunn
1: thing. I mean, like yeah, like we we yeah. started with Phil getting benched and we ended with Squid dating Livy Dunn. Narduzzi playing linebacker in the ACC championship, (laughs) Nick Patty breaking someone's collarbone and Kenny Johnson catching two touchdowns against Virginia tech. So that's how all these are bound to hit. Yeah. (laughs) We're just putting a a chip on every number on roulette. But
2: that Notre Dame one, that would probably be the sweetest.
1: Yeah, I'd have to say so.
0: Hmm. I think that of all the things we've said, that's the one I want the most. And I really Really want Squid to date Livy Dunn.
2: <laughs> Imagine- I really want to watch Sam Hartman lose the pit again.
1: Yeah. Imagine- sorry, sorry, Livy. Yeah. I gotta go. To- I'm, a- I'm your boy, but I'm a loyal son. I gotta head to South. Bend.
2: <laughs> the team needs me. <laughs> yeah.
1: He's walking. In. Squid, Squid. Like they. You they knew what you signed up for. Like yeah, they carry him off the field like Rudy. He's the second ever person. Carried off the field in Notre Dame. Yeah. I'm a better <laughs> athlete than Rudy ever was. <laughs> yeah, that's no lies detected there. But so
0: <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> um, I, I think it's time to start uh, looking at the record. So okay. we're 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 getting to the ten wins part. We know All the right. offense is going to be insane. We talked about the depth of the defense. We talked about Squids Riz. Um, tell me a game on the schedule that Pitt should win that you're afraid of and a game that Pitt should lose that they are going to do Pitt things and
1: win. Um, This is ironic because I think I picked them to finish 13th in the ACC, but that Virginia Tech game worries me if I'm Pitt, simply because look at the two opponents before it. You are in Morgantown – and then you turn things around and you have Drake May waiting for you at Akersher the following weekend. I mean, that, that's that's a tough stretch. After, you know, Cincinnati I don't think is going to be great. And West Virginia is not going to be that good of a football team, I don't think. But, like, that's a rivalry game. That means something. And then you follow that up by starting your conference play against Drake May. And let's just go down the line. Like, let's assume that Pitt does not disappoint in those first three games of 3-0. And then they beat a ranked North Carolina team at home and week four to start off ACC play, they're four and zero. They're going to be a top twenty team in the country at that point, point. and we've seen this movie before. They're going to go into enter, you know, Blacksburg, Virginia. It's probably going to be fifty one degrees. It's going to be raining. It's going to be dark. They're not. It's going to be horrible conditions. There's going to be some bad calls, and they'll probably lose on like a dropped extra point or something you know like it's and i'm sorry for you know not saying trigger warning before listing out all of those specific horrible memories that pit fans have that you can point to numerous bad losses for but well, that's, did it in? yeah that's that's where that's where i look at it where it's like the rest of these games like louisville's at home i also think that the fact that they lost to louisville last year they're going to be pissed for that game Um, yeah, like I, I don't really see another game on their schedule, maybe Duke at the end of the year, but the rest of these games, there's something to play for like at wake forest, maybe, but like at Notre Dame, they're going to be pumped for that Florida state. That's the best team they're going to play this season. Uh, Syracuse, they always play well against Syracuse and they're playing at Yankee stadium. They have a huge advantage in that game because Syracuse does not want to be there period. They just played a bowl game there and they're losing a home game to play outdoors against a team that runs the ball and is more physical than any other team in the ACC. So they're not happy to be there. Pitt's thrilled to be there. I'd like Pitt's chances there. Boston college is self-explanatory. Phil's gonna really be fired up for that one. Duke, maybe just because it's the end of a gauntlet uh, and they might have too much rest toward that end of the season, but I look at like I'm looking for that trap game and I, and Virginia Tech sticking out to me.
2: I'll go with Cincinnati. I don't know if we're all answering, but I'm gonna no, say yeah, Cincinnati yeah. Okay. is like the one of the top couple, I think, because I don't think they'll be very good. I don't think anybody's picking them to be good. I think everyone's picking them to be one of the worst Big Twelve teams, which is saying yeah. a lot because there's a couple of teams that are pretty down there. This lost their coach, it's at home, but it's an early in the year game right before the backyard brawl. So I worry that this is a game that could happen. Pitt loses. People start saying, is Cincinnati actually kind of good? And they finish the year like six and six. And they're like, no, that was just a really bad loss.
1: Brother, you think Patton Narduzzi is going to let his team lose in the first CW broadcast in ACC history? (laughs) Get real.
2: Well, if it's on the line, that's his uh, old stomping grounds in Ohio. He probably has some grudge against somebody. Yeah, there will be some
1: sort of narrative there, Mm. yeah. I
3: guess Florida State wants to miss out on all that CW money. Mm. Couldn't be me. Couldn't
0: be me. Idiots. (laughs) Don't, what if you?
3: Wofford, 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 Wofford. One game at a time. Mm. Not getting ahead of myself. Take care of business week one.
0: I dick. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Good
3: answer. Good answer. (laughs)
2: Sorry. It's not a
1: very fun answer when we're playing the schedule game, but nonetheless.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You know, I I think if this pit team is going to be like the best version of this pit team that we visualize, what their first four games is going to look like is uh, beat Wofford because it's like a bad FCS team Uh, struggle against Cincinnati struggle against West Virginia and then beat the fucking brakes off of North Carolina. So I know I accidentally answered the second question first, um, but I could see this team coming out of the gate a little bit slow, new quarterback. Um, Apparently the secondary had a little bit of struggles in the scrimmage might need some time to get accustomed to each other. A lot of new guys getting significant time on the defensive line. I could see them stumbling a little bit out the gate, maybe, but definitely not, but maybe dropping one of those first three games and then just like, oh, this is how the football does. And just absolutely steamrolling Drake May and UNC. Um, So my answer to questions one and two are contained there and i i could see them dropping please be cincinnati if it has to be one of cincinnati and west virginia but then i, I could really see them just dog shitting on north carolina
2: i have no I... idea why i feel confident about facing north carolina I, i'm never confident about facing north carolina but it's one of those things like remember when Pitt played central florida the first time they just got boat raced the second game they figured it out and they survived Maybe Pitt has the blueprint. Well, they do have the blueprint. It's run the ball, score on the North Carolina shitty defense, and make enough plays against Drake May. So yeah. they know what to do. This is the second year. I don't know if North Carolina is going to be as tough. No, they that's lost the a thing. Few guys I, I'm not around high Drake on, May. Yeah. So I think it's a game they can steal.
1: I'm not high on North Carolina. We we've seen this before. This this has Sam Howell 2021 vibes written all over it. Granted, I think May is significantly better than Sam Howell. Um, but his weapons are gone. His offensive line's gone. And the defense still sucks. And the best receiver that they brought in from the portal, I'm pretty sure was just ruled ineligible by the NCAA. I yeah,
2: so, love the NCAA.
1: What what are they going to do? I, I don't know. Like That game wasn't that out of hand for Pitt. Like, all they had to do was move the sticks in the fourth quarter, and they couldn't. They gave Drake May all of this short field opportunity. Like, what do you think's going to happen when you do, do that for a first-round draft pick quarterback? So, I don't know. Like, I, I think that a lot of those guys have a chip on their shoulder with how that ended. I don't think that offensive line's good. I think their receivers, they don't have a Josh Downs on that team where I think what stood out to me from that game last year was those receivers were covered. Drake May was under pressure, but they still made those plays. They don't have the guys to make that happen this year. They still have Drake May, but they don't have the guys that can make the coverage or the catch when MJ Devonshire is blanketing them. They don't have that this year, and they don't have the offensive line that can even come close. And granted, you could argue that Pitt doesn't have the same defensive line that it had last year, and you'd be right to make that argument, but I still think Pitt has a significant advantage defensively compared to what North Carolina's offensive front possesses. And I just I, – I can't tell you the last time I've been really impressed by a North Carolina defense, a Mac Brown defense for that matter. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with the Tar Heels.
0: So are, are they your pick for a team – for a game Pitt should lose but will
1: win? No. My pick – something weird happens every time Pitt goes to Notre Dame hell yeah uh, i don't i'm not saying they're going to win but i mean just look at it dude like you could you could point out so many different instances where a game goes to a lot of overtimes or you know jp holtz just goes off out of nowhere on halloween weekend or tyler palco drops an f bomb in this post game interview you know like it's just every time they go there something crazy happens there's there's so much like the storylines are there it's it's Sam Hartman it's it's Phil's return it's it's all this stuff and it's gonna be a big game I think both of those teams will be ranked um and and yeah I think there's a bigger game waiting for them the next week but there's history here and and every kid I don't care where you grew up be it western Pennsylvania Florida California Texas wherever if you don't play for Notre Dame you want to beat Notre Dame when you play college football so I think that that's going to be one where if you're if you're looking for a game on the schedule where they're going to play better like that I wouldn't be surprised even if Pitt like went into that like three and three like if things just went poorly that could be like a turning point in the season or that could be like a highlight in the season I just think they're going to play really well in South Bend
3: I second that that was going to be mine. And for most of the reasons you outlined, Pitt always plays Notre Dame well. There's almost like a semi rivalry there. I wouldn't call it a full rivalry. We don't have a trophy or a name for it. But Pitt Notre Dame has always felt like a pretty big deal since I was a kid. And also probably partly because it's against Notre Dame. Yeah. And uh, some of my best memories are watching Pitt teams beat Notre Dame. So, And we also are taking a crew of like 42 people down there. So I feel like that matters.
1: Yeah. I mean, do you guys have Halloween costumes planned out? That's Halloween weekend. Oh,
3: I, I've been Kenny Pickett for Halloween for the past like three years. So and every other pick game, but we'll we'll keep in the, you know,
1: keep that in if, mind. Yeah. Thought about dressing up as a priest. Just in the press box.
0: I'm sure that'd go over really well with some of the older <laughs>
1: journalists at Notre Dame. That'd really Dame. go well with the Post-Gazette. They'd be like, what the hell are you doing?
3: <laughs> what do you mean? I'm just sending the Send the vibes, experience.
1: baby!
0: <laughs> what about you, Squid?
2: Uh, I said North Carolina's mine.
0: Oh, that's convenient. So no one thinks that we're going to take it to Florida State. Nobody's sick of the fucking Florida State hype. No,
3: I just think by the time we get to that game, it wouldn't be that big of a shocker if Pitt beats them.
1: We're gonna know. Yeah, that's a great point, Dylan. Like, we're gonna know what Pitt is by that point. Like, if they're, you know, five and one, like that's not like a, oh, David versus Goliath type thing. That's this is probably going to be one of the biggest games in college football that week. Um, But and you know, if Pitt's struggling, it's kind of like. If, I mean, if they couldn't get it done last week, I don't know what's going to lead you to believe they can do it against probably an even more talented team. But there's also a chance that Florida State could go into that game like two and three, like just based off of how Florida State has that's more. That's
3: more the direction I was heading was like, yeah. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid on them yeah. just yet. They need to show it to me.
0: So we we've talked about some potential upsetting losses. And some upset victories. Fellas, it is time. I need you all to tell me what the Pitt Panthers record is going to be at the end of the 2023 season. And I need you to tell me how they get there. Noah, you have the right of first refusal.
1: Yeah, I'll go nine and three. Um, Actually, we'll go nine and four. Um, I think they are going to lose to Virginia Tech, lose to Notre Dame, lose to Florida State, and then lose to Florida State again in the ACC championship. So 9-4, and four, and then they go to a bowl game and they'll win that. So 10-4 and four overall. So I don't know how you guys feel about that because I just said they're going to lose – <laughs> <So> Florida State <laughs> twice, but they got to the ACC championship and they win ten games. So, like, your brains are broken right now. But I think now- we need
0: a minute to process. Yeah. That's uncharted yeah. territory.
1: I got, I got them to ten wins though. That's what you. want. Yeah, wanted. I
0: was, I was about to
3: start like ha- haggling for a tenth win. And I gave got it you a tenth win, us.
1: a bowl game. Yeah, we'll say the bowl games like the Gator Bowl.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think at being realistic with myself as a Pitt fan, like. I can never bitch about a ten win season, but there would mm-hmm. be something, there would be something pretty empty in me if I if I watch this lose to Florida State twice.
1: Well, I think no, the the more empty thing would be actually if they lose to Florida State twice. And looking at Florida, like I'll even sweeten the pot: Florida State beats Pitt again in the ACC championship, but gets into the College Football playoffs, so Pitt goes to the Orange Bowl and wins the Orange Bowl.
3: I'll take it. Yep. Deal.
1: 10-win season or Sold. bowl. All right. There you go.
0: Squid? We can come back to you. Come back to me. The gentleman from Brookline. That's me. Well, the I'm other gentleman. Here,
1: yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brookline boy's on the bottom.
3: Wow. Yeah. did that on purpose yeah. uh, give me so I've, I've gone through the schedule plenty of times now as, as you may imagine I know it b- like the back of my hand and no I'm not going to lie nine wins seems mighty appetizing I could see eight I could see it but I'm not going to pick it on the season preview um... not pick it there you go. uh Give me ten and two in the regular season. Somehow get left out of the ACC championship. Clemson goes probably eleven and one. Florida State lost to them, lose the tiebreaker, so we get left out ten and two, and losing a bowl game ten and three. That's where I'm going right now. We're getting to the double digit wins, um, but it would be. It'll be a little bit painful knowing that Pitt wins 10 games in the regular season and still doesn't find their way to the ACC title game. Because in years past, in the Coastal, I mean, that all but guarantees you a spot in the championship mm-hmm. game. Now with the no divisions or single division, however you want to refer to it, uh, just doesn't get the job done this year.
1: Okay.
2: I'll go. Okay. Pitt starts off hot. We beat the Wofford Terriers. Cincinnati, formidable opponent, but they fall short. We raise the trophy. march into the Morgantown, blow their Mountaineer heads off. UNC, revenge on Drake May. Dayon told us he's a guy that uh, made him look bad, and they took that personally. Uh, Virginia Tech, they suck. Louisville. Not buying the Jeff Brom hype. See you later. Wake Forest, Dave Clawson, apparently a great coach, but they lose by 35 to Pat Narduzzi. Weird how inferior coach Pat Narduzzi pulls that off. (laughs) Notre Dame, uh, Pitt loses in overtime. It's heartbreaking, but it happens. (laughs)
1: 7-1. and
2: Florida State. It's another overtime loss, boys. Oh, my Back-to-back God. Back-to-back overtime
0: losses. I'm dead at this point.
1: I'm dead because I have two stories that aren't going to get in the paper now because they've gone past deadline time. Like, this, have them lose a regulation for me, Squaid, please.
2: No, Ben Solis makes field goals to force overtime in both of those. but God damn it. Yeah, <laughs> two-point conversions converted. <laughs> he gets to them. and uh, Syracuse... Close game, but Pitt wins. Boston College, victory. Phil Dracovic, victory lap around the field with Frank Cignetti arm in arm. They cry walking off the field together, and they beat Duke.
1: So they lose to the two good teams they play?
2: Yeah. A little Penn fashion. State-esque of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, are we going to face uh, the Where- third best
1: where are you and Livy Dunn going to watch the bowl games? With? What bowl game?
3: Oh, it'll be the Orange Bowl. Okay. Wait, does 10-2 and two get them to the ACC Championship in your hypothetical?
1: They would have to. They only have one conference loss. Yes, lost. because
2: uh, Cade Clubnick is not the truth. He's Ooh. a mere mortal, and they've
0: finished below pit. So what happens in the ACC Championship game? Oh, we get our revenge on Florida State. So it took us three guys to finally get an ACC championship. Three predictions. Mm-hmm. Squid, I love it. I'm um. It, that's a hard act to follow because you really took us on a on a whirlwind there.
1: Journey. I
0: just did it live.
2: <laughs> I couldn't I, um, decide on a number, so I'm like, you know, I'm going through top to bottom, and what's happening?
0: So here's where I stand on this. I already said, I think Pitt drops an early one that they shouldn't. I think they lose to Cincinnati. And I think it's going to be one of those that we look back and like, oh, Cincy, who went three and nine, four and eight, and Pitt dropped one to them. Typical. Uh, They beat North Carolina. I think they, I think we lose to Notre Dame close. I think we lose to Florida State close. And then I think we drop another one to either uh, Louisville and Duke who are both going to be not phenomenal, but frisky. I think this team goes a respectable eight and four wins its bowl game in impressive fashion and finishes ranked exactly like last year. However, I think all of the young guys show that we're cooking something here. I think that we come back in 2024 uh, behind... we don't get no no no, 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 2024 no, no, no. Predictions. You, you talked it's my talk now you talked it's my talk now. they come back guns blazing behind la Baton, the hab
2: uh-huh.
0: and I think I think this pit team performs admirably and sets the table for a 2024 12 team playoff run. I think this year we are setting the table.
1: I like your prediction, David. I'm going to be real. I don't think this team probably will win the Orange Bowl. I just wanted to get you guys buzzing. Um, So you know, we'll cut that
3: part out. I was
1: talked in. I was talked into. I I I felt the need to get them the ten wins somehow. So you guys got me there. But yeah, I think eight to nine. I think this is a team that's probably less talented than last year's group, position by position, but is going to play to its potential a lot better than last year. So what that looks like could be eight and four. It could be 10 and two somewhere in the mix there. I think
2: I may or may not have had Pitt penciled in for a third loss against like a middle, lower tiered team, but that just didn't feel right.
1: Didn't feel right. You were rolling. Yeah. You were rolling squid.
2: I I had a good thing going. I'm like, I'm not going to say, yeah. And then we lose to Syracuse. No, I was in Syracuse.
3: Well, there See, it is, right? There it is. ACC champs. Squid. Squid's prediction was the
0: best. I like your, yours. My only real prediction is we're going to drink a whole lot of icy light mangoes and gold lot this year.
3: I think that's a... You can write that one down. No, you can put that in print. All right. We won't, we won't let you
0: down.
1: Hit and file right now.
0: It's not much of a secret that I have a home field apparel problem. Even before we started this show, I couldn't even step foot on a new college campus without making sure there was something from that school's home field collection waiting on my porch when I got home. So we are, understandably, over the moon to partner with home field this season to keep Pitt fans comfy, cozy, and stylish at a fraction of the price— by using promo code LOYALSUNS for 15% off your next order. This discount applies site-wide, and with unique vintage collections for every school from Pitt to Bama, Jackson State to Colgate, Michigan, Marshall, Marquette, and both Miamis, there's something for every fan. So whether you're buying for a Pitt fan or for a loser freak, use promo code LOYALSUNS at homefieldapparel.com to save big on your next order. Each code applies once per email address, so get those work emails and burners ready. That's homefieldapparel.com. Final Thoughts is brought to you again by Guerrero Law. The life of a Panther fan is full of highs and lows. Regular, everyday life can be the same too. Maybe you are cruising down Bigelow Boulevard having the time of your life riding shotgun. With your new girlfriend, Livy Dunn, Squid. But then maybe you got into an accident. And maybe your insurance company isn't treating you fairly. Or maybe other firms won't take your case seriously. If you find yourself in a situation where you need help, call Guido at Guerrera Law. He will help you turn your losses into an ACC championship win. That's guerreralaw.com G u r r e r a l a w com 412-229- 7757 call Guido today he is licensed in Pennsylvania in Ohio located in Pittsburgh he is a loyal son of Pittsburgh so uh, final thoughts no I ask you're you a the- question
1: yes. can, can Paul Skeens call those guys after uh, he loses his girl to Squid
2: after he has a broken heart no, yeah, not-
1: after Squid rises up the Drip King squid rises up. <clears throat> Livy Dunn what? and Paul, Paul Skeens, Skeens. to worry about for a broken heart damage.
2: The Pirates need Paul Skeens. Focus on baseball. Don't worry about women until you're, you're like up, in the you're doing a
1: favor yeah. for the city. Yeah. All right. Sorry. I don't think that's you, how
0: personal. I, I don't think that's how personal injury attorneys work. But I am not a lawyer, so honestly, Noah, you should call Guido and and ask. And ask. Yeah. Okay. It's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, advertisement. Uh, so, Noah, you're, you're the first person we've ever invited into our uh, domicile that is Final Thoughts. So, uh, please, the floor is yours.
1: Yes, so my Final Thoughts, um, they tie into probably the biggest news story of the week in the world of sports. Um, I'm sure we've all seen the movie The Blind Side uh i think we all i don't know at least i I think for myself at least i remember watching it as a middle schooler and noticing some sketchy flaws you know didn't seem a little bit too good to be true certain things i think we're kind of finding out although all the facts are not out and i encourage everyone to let the facts come out before making a complete judgment but it's looking as though maybe that wasn't as good of a feel good story as we were led to believe it was um but as the true capital of j journalist that i am i did a little bit more digging and i only i not only found a way where this family was potentially hurting michael war but also hurting the pit football program buckle in so there were four members of this family. The Tui family, I believe they're called. Mm-hmm. You have Sean. You have Sandra Bullock. You have Sandra Bullock's <laughs> daughter. <laughs> and you have Emily SJ. from Paris. Emily, yes, and Paris Emily from Paris. Daughter. Yeah, Emily and Paris. And SJ. Disregard the other three. We're focusing in on SJ here. SJ now. What does he do, you might ask? What? After... Comp- after playing college basketball in Maryland, SJ, for some reason... Like
2: Maryland, at, Maryland?
1: No, no, it was like Loyola. Um, uh, still D1. SJ, for some reason, despite his family being a big-time booster for Ole Miss, despite his alma mater being another Division one program, SJ now runs the NIL Collective at the University of Central Florida. Why are you bringing up at Central Florida, Noah, the thousands, if not millions, of Loyal Sons listeners might be asking out loud? Well, I will tell you, listeners, because it is this man's money that helped take away a four-star from Pat and Arduzzi's program. No. I want to be clear by saying this is too hot of a take for the Post-Gazette to publish, probably because it's not exactly backed by facts.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yet. Yet.
1: Yet. However, Rick Darius Farmer gave Pitt fans a Christmas present to remember this past December, when out of nowhere, despite not taking an official visit, despite probably not knowing where Pittsburgh was, this man verbally committed to Pittsburgh and ruined every beat writer's Christmas by having to put down their (laughs) presents and write up a stupid story that no one was going to read because it's Christmas Day. <laughs> months later after many unofficial and official visits to every other school in the country, not named Pitt, This kid just committed. He didn't decommit from Pitt, but he also committed to central Florida. <laughs> becoming the second player this summer to decommit from Pitt to go to central Florida. Did NIL play a part in that? If so, ladies and gentlemen, Don't blame SJ. Blame Disney. Because they were stuffing his pockets with blindside royalties instead of Michael Orr. Because contracts. And that is all. Those are my final thoughts. Wow. It all makes sense now. Mm -hmm. And this is again how ESPN is screwing over the ACC. Wow. Mic drop where where's the revenue florida state was right
2: i won't go that far but okay, sj yeah, always a... did rub me the wrong way i had a bad feeling about that kid so it makes a lot of sense this central florida fan they've got a pretty obnoxious fan base so i can see why he ended up there with no prior ties he's like oh i'm weird and annoying i might as well root for the golden
0: knights So what I'm gathering is uh, a Southern family fake adopted a high school football prospect. Some stuff happened. Pitt got fucked over.
1: Yeah. Like, he went to the NFL. They won an Oscar, yada, yada, yada. Next thing you know, small domino. Sandra Bullock drives by a basketball court and sees a six-foot-five, five-star offensive line prospect dunking. Big domino. Rick Darius Farmer commits to Central Florida without decommitting to Pitt. I just filled in the middle. That's what I did. Those That's the bread. I just gave you the meat for the sandwich right there.
0: They're going to give you a Pulitzer for this. hmm I don't know if we can top that, but I, we're going to have to try. So, Squidward, Dylan, which one of you guys want to follow that up?
3: Go for it, Squibb.
0: Um
3: He's left speechless. That's
1: called journalism, hmm. boys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> my final thought is I need to pick what pit attire to wear in Vegas this week.
1: Do you have Do I clothes? Go with... All I see is a black background. <laughs>
2: <laughs> see, yeah. <laughs> we went over this last week. I'm buying into the bit. I won't buy a new light for my room. Whatever gets late, I'm going to look like an evil villain. But I don't know. We'll pack an obligatory picket jersey just to let the people know what's up.
3: Picket jersey's in the bag for me. Mm. Okay. Uh, my final thought. So, honestly, I know college football is almost back because I'm pissed off by the AP pool. First AP mm. pool came out. Also, Noah, I, I noticed going through this. Is there no pit represented voter? What no, are they going to give this, you a vote?
1: the state of Pennsylvania gets one right now? Johnny McGonigal has it because the Penn State beat hasn't had one in a while. Um, good. I think i well, he has one now. Yeah. So that's, that's Not why
0: <laughs> bad.
1: <laughs> anyway, I like Johnny McGonigal. He's a good dude. Um, he had Love a vote. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I hope to have one soon. Um, but I do not have an AP vote. You only get one per state, I think. So Penn State has it this year.
2: Whatever. So what pissed well, you off uh, the most, Dylan?
3: Um, There's a couple items. I mean, it's just same old song and dance every year, but just a couple to call out. I mean, Iowa at 25, they scored 30 points once last year, held the 10 points or less four times. But now they have JJ McCarthy who threw for like two no, thousand. Kade McNamara. Kade McNamara. Sorry, I mix up those shitty Big Ten quarterbacks. Um, <laughs> now that McNamara is there, now everything's going to change. It's the same old team. Their offense is going to be putrid, but uh, they could probably pull out eight games with with their schedule. Um, Texas A and M went five and seven last year, but obviously they have all those five star players, so they can't be that bad again, right? Yeah, same old song and dance. Um, other than that, I mean, Pulsers did a decent job. Uh, Texas at 11. Texas is back. They're back every year. This is more of the same. So um, to give a little pit spin on it, Florida State 8, Notre Dame 13, and UNC at 21. Three ranked opponents for
0: the Panthers on their schedule. Oh, Notre Dame, too. Said that. I said yeah. that. Yeah. No. Oh, said- nope. You yeah, said they don't play Clemson. Your brain's right. thinking that yeah. I'm editing that out. <laughs> uh my final thought is uh realignment which I'm relegating to the very end of the show as it deserves. Um all this bullshit Cal, Stanford, SMU. SMU willing to play football for free basically. Four teams in the ACC actively trying to tank the future of the ACC so they can leave sooner. I don't really care about all that, but I, I want to have some fun with it. If you guys could, like, realistically of who is remaining left to take, could pick any schools to add to the ACC, I want to know who it would be. For me, I legitimately think, like, Coastal Carolina, Tulane, SMU, uh, would be huge gets for the ACC. I think James Madison wouldn't be a bad one, and uh, the Mac guy and me thinks Toledo and Ohio don't look too bad either.
1: But you, you I, keep your hands off the Mac. They're uh, they're the only pure thing we have left.
0: Then scratch that last part. <laughs>
1: but uh, <laughs> I think you're
3: turning. I think you're just turning the ACC into a group of five conference.
0: See,
2: I don't I, like those moves because it doesn't move the needle to save the conference. I don't think anything will,
0: but uh, App State is my pick. App State was up there for me, too. Listen, I'm, I'm not saying like, oh, if we add James Madison, it's going to save the ACC. But the Big 12 was kind of able to save itself by being like, okay, maybe we aren't a destination for the Texas and Oklahoma of the world. But if we just make as much fun football as possible, there is a place for us in the future of college football. And I think brands like SMU and JMU and, and especially Tulane would be really big for the ACC to secure a place in the future.
1: There are four AAC schools that I think would be a good fit. Um, SMU is one. Uh, Tulane is the second one. These other two, I'm looking at basketball on top of football. Football is not, necessarily great florida atlantic could be a good addition to basketball and also has been a competent football program And memphis where that's not crazy travel you have a rivalry with louisville i feel like i feel like they're rivals right maybe i don't know um but i mean that's a great basketball brand you're adding and they've had football success too who doesn't remember paxton lynch you know um but in all seriousness i think there you you get three brands that aren't a joke and fau is hot in the streets so um and they're also four great road trip destinations now oh, you're so, talking
3: again. which is most important for mm-hmm. me
1: that's exactly where my brain goes and i was like i wouldn't mind going to texas wouldn't mind going to new orleans wouldn't mind going to Florida Atlantic, which I believe is in Boca. Yeah. And I wouldn't mind going to Memphis. I don't know. It would be fun. So those are my picks.
0: Isn't Coastal Carolina in Hilton Head?
1: Yeah, but, like, you can't just add Coastal Carolina. Like, what does their basketball bring? What is their – like, their football – It's football season. Yeah, but their football doesn't have the following – they don't even have that big of an alumni base, do they? Like, I just don't see it.
2: They have a high school stadium, basically.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty blue.
1: It's teal, isn't it? Yeah, it's
0: blue.
3: For what it's worth, Coastal Carolina's basketball team finished 12th in the Sun Belt last year. Went 11-20. and So, uh, that might be a hard sell. But, hey. What what makes any sense anymore? Football is king. And, uh, yeah. Maybe we'll make a road trip to Boca. awesome well fellas this was a ride we've had a ton of new developments between sj stealing rickdarius farmer squid now dating livy dunn um and everything in between but <laughs> i'm hungry it's time to call it a night me and squid have a 7 a.m flight to vegas in the morning so no we can't thank you enough man this was so fun we'll have you back for sure but uh Yeah, we appreciate you coming on.
1: Happy to be on with you guys anytime.
3: Well, without further ado, you fellows have a good night. And as always, hail loyal sons of Pittsburgh.
1: And that's going to do it here for the loyal son show. The incredibly handsome and talented Dylan, David, and Squid are signing off. Until next time, Panther fans, H2P.